In a world full of anger, strife, and plagues, a constant struggle is battled out between good and evil, right and wrong. And for over seven years, the IndieCast is here to try to make you forget all of that. With interviews, pop culture talk, and the best in sexual innuendo. So sit back and relax as Chad, Zach, and Luna welcome you to the IndieCast. Exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. One of the most powerful elements of the Lullaby Lounge, even in all the other seasons. There's been tears and happiness, and the 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 previous three seasons have had a whole slew of emotions to them. But one of the most powerful moments of this show's history thus far was your and I just kind of called it like a TED talk, uh, your TED talk about having to make your own waves and that you are the wave maker. Now, obviously I'm not going to ask you to like, Hey, just copy paste what you said. That was really neat. Um, I mean, it's how I feel, you know, like I'm, I'm, I expected as a young artist that I would get scooped up. That's sort of how I've dealt my life. I've worked with, I've had countless beginning interactions with managers, people who said they were, they, who saw the potential in me and said they were going to make the connections to make me a star. You know, the, I, I I worked with very briefly the guy who discovered Britney Spears when she was twelve. Um, I've I've been conned by producers in local bands who think they can make money off a teenager because she doesn't understand what you mean when you say you want to record an EP. I've been ignored by theater productions who don't understand my potential as a contributor. Um, And I've never found a place where I felt like I fit, where I felt like I was going to succeed, where I was going to excel and and thrive. And it's a tough realization to come to that it's you. Like, it's a realization I've been coming to my whole life because I had a very tough family situation that's hard to explain. Um, But I've had to kind of parent myself since I was very small. And I grew up almost entirely like untethered, like a wildflower. And I, I don't know. I, I assumed at some point that I would connect to something bigger than me. And they would say, you are valid. The work you make is good. We are going to show you to the world. And then I realized it had to be me. It's happening. Like, I can see it happening. There are more, like, I mean, you've seen it, Zach. You you were, I think you tuned into the earlier broadcasts. Like, mm-hmm. you've seen how the channel has grown, how the community has grown, and the specific way in which it has grown. Because it's not just, like... It's not just, like, 70 viewers who are, like, kind of tuned in. Right, like, no, it's not just, like, random people on, on these platforms just kind of, like, wandering in off the street, like, oh, is this? It's a dedicated fan base that continues to spread the word and, and continues to, like, expand the scope of what this show is. Yeah, and to have 80 people show up after... I remember being excited when there were 30. Like, it's... What? It's me? It was me the whole time? 
like I I'm I've li been living in the water my whole life and like I said it's I had to build my own boat But here's the thing, and this, and the reason why I felt that that moment, which again, this is like just a, this is like a sampling of the real honesty that is in this show that that is coming out on a weekly basis. The, this is the human element, but it 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 made an impact because I feel like it all not only does that apply to you and and your situation and how you've built yourself into this huge, pro amazing production. But I feel that the same thing applies to artists, applies to young wrestlers, applies to anybody that is like trying to make something of what they create, uh, creators yeah, in this world. Yeah, because when you, because I used to, when, okay, so trigger warning for, I know I already said suicidal, so you probably gonna have to put a trigger warning in the front of us anyway, but um, trigger warning to, to this sort of, that sort of deal. If you don't want to hear about it, I'm sorry. Um, I, there, maybe we can put a time thing that sure. someone can, can cut a time thing where I stop talking about it. Um, so when I just wanted to die, like all the time, I wasn't treating my career, career with the same gravity, you know, like my life didn't feel real. So promoting myself felt like selling shit to people who wanted to hear shit. And I didn't trust anybody who liked me because I was shit, obviously, right? I'm no good and I want to die. And now that I'm in a place where I realize that my life is happening around me and I'm here in reality, it, I, and I, that it's, that having faith in yourself makes you treat your work with a totally different gravity because you know you're going to wake up again tomorrow. Like, and it's still going to be there. And I want to make things that I'm proud of. And I want to, I want to be able to tell my friends to come to my show and not feel embarrassed. When you care about yourself in that way, I don't know, life just feels different. It's, it hits harder. And sure, the rejections hit harder too. It's much worse. When I didn't believe in myself, when someone said some shit about me, I was just like, okay, yeah, you're right. And when someone says something nice about me, I just didn't believe them. And I thought they were dumb for liking me because I was dumb. But now I see the people who like me and I love them because they're awesome and creative and funny and they care. Like... The my favorite part of my show is reading back everybody's comments and the jokes they make about the commercial break and the skits and stuff, you know, like people are so invested and I never I couldn't have gotten to that point if I wasn't invested in my success too. It's an excellent way to put it and and really to find strength in that. And like I said, for any creator, not just, you know, what we're talking about right here in this moment, but like as soon as you had brought up having to make your own waves, I was like, this is the, this is the statement. This is what every struggling artist who, like you said, you've made something 75% of the way. And you're like, mm, I hate this now. Uh, and me or, for doing it. I'm dummy. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, this is a huge waste. Why did I do this? Like, that's the, that's the voice of every artist. Or even, like I said, we work with professional wrestlers and, and you obviously know plenty about working with professional wrestlers and Absolutely. and trying to create and all that and and i think that 
absolutely mirrors it when, especially when you're going into something like professional wrestling. And I hate that we're talking about professional wrestling on a professional wrestling podcast, but when you <laughs> go into these things, you're kind of expecting that you're like, well, I've put in the work and someday, and, and then someday WWE is going to come and scoop me up. But yeah, here's Vince the thing, brother, come and me. they're Oops. not going to come scoop you up. No one's coming to scoop you up. And if you don't sell yourself to the, to the people that are actually there supporting you, then what are you doing here? Mm. Why are you on Twitter? Like, I, I, okay, for those who, obviously we talked to my husband, Ophidian the Cobra, right? Y'all have, y'all have spoken to him before and you know of his work. Recently he retired because turns out, um, if you just like jump off of stuff forever, your body hurts a lot. Um, it's wild. Like if you just like do it for 14 years and you punch other people for 14 years, like your body doesn't like you. Yeah, your body goes, oh, and then it's done. If you jump off a balcony onto Nick Gage, you just you're just like, that's it, my career's over. (laughs) (laughs) That was last check mark. I got it. Um, so, uh, and he is obviously a creative person who can literally do whatever he wants. Like he learned the base. He's a gear maker now. He is a video editor. Like where he has obviously slid into his role at performing in the Lullaby Lounge with ease and grace. Um. Uh, but when he was wrestling, he was touring the UK yearly. Mm-hmm. Now, when I said touring the UK, I don't mean a UK company was like, hey, Ophidian, we're going to send you on a tour. I mean, he messaged promoters all over the UK and coordinated them all together so that they could join together to pay for his ticket over there. And then, and then like organized all the travel between all the places and uh, did organize the entire thing himself. He's was in these places for sometimes like three to five weeks, an entire tour of like the UK and Portugal and Spain, all on his own initiative. That wasn't someone being like, Oh, we're going to send you to a place. We're going to send you to Europe. That was him just literally making it out of thin air. And I think so many indie performers don't realize that you can just do it, you know, Mm. like you can just use that executive functioning you have and put it towards doing what you want to do. You just have to do it. You just have to ask the people you have to be willing to work for a lower rate for the first time. You have to understand the culture and make the connections and be willing to do the legwork. It's exhausting. He he wasn't just in Europe for those six weeks or whatever, four weeks. He was in Europe for months beforehand in his mind and for months after. Like, he was barely present at home. And I say that as his wife. And it was one of the part, worst parts of being married to a wrestler was that, like, constant distance because of, of, of having your mind so consumed by something like that. Um, obviously I would support him endlessly and I'm so proud of everything he's done and he's an incredible worker and whatever art he chooses to make. Obviously I married him for a reason, but you have to sacrifice so much and be willing to just fucking do it. Like don't wait for someone else to, decide that you're worthy of your own success of your own freedom like you just have to yeah and the uh kate nick school for performing arts uh the tagline would be sometimes you just gotta do it 
Okay. Like that's yeah. And as someone and as someone who has executive dysfunction, like in general, I understand that sometimes you cannot. Like sometimes True. you cannot just fucking do it. That is a perfectly reasonable thing to feel. So then you don't. But then sometimes when you do have that little spark when you should be doing something else that would be more responsible that you just guilt yourself into not doing and then you end up not doing either of those things you could just do the thing you like to do and get better at it we're <laughs> we're running in this new streak going into 2021 that now the indie cast is not just here for like haha's and 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 isn't this interesting we're becoming a haven for ted talks on how to be a better artist like this is I like the direction the show's going, Chad. I'm making it official. I apologize Good. if I am proselytizing too much, if my if I'm too verbose, or if I'm making too many deep points. But <laughs> you're just setting a new record for deep points. That's all. I just have a right. lot of feelings, you know, and um, I think that other people have a lot of feelings too. And if we admitted that we had them more often to each other, that the world would be a better place. Because I think a lot of times, instead of having the feelings that we have. We have anger and we have toxicity and we have um, the things that divide us when I think there's a lot of, I don't know, we all want to appear strong and I get it, but also it sometimes it'd be like that. <laughs> well, and that's how you slam, that's how you slam dunk that. That's how you end that. So, well, I, I know one thing that we can all kind of join hands and, and come together about here lately uh, is uh, your cap. Um, I'm going to yes. whiplash. I'm going to whiplash huh? the show a little bit, but that's okay. No, I, absolutely I wanna... not. Listen, uh, Winslow is a very serious artist, and he has very similar feelings on his work. Good. Good. <laughs> good. So um, now, obviously, uh, Winslow went very viral recently. And you, oh, my God. Both so of you did. viral. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> It was uh, very interesting about uh, the cat going viral and kind of how you were very vocal about the shortcomings, a lot of the social media and their algorithms and, and how things are handled with that. Um, it, let's pick up that, you know, the magical wand. I'm a big Disney geek. Get out your magical okay. wands here and uh, wave your wand and erase one social media outlet for good. Which one are which one are you getting rid of? What was the one that Zack Snyder announced the Snyder cut on? <laughs> what did Zero. he on? Yes. Because why? What even is that? Who uses Vero, Zack Snyder? I didn't even know what is Vero. I didn't even know Vero was a thing. That's how it was behind that thing. Remember, I am. Remember, like, every once in a while there's like, this is the thing that's going to take Facebook down because for some reason we believe that one app can take down tons of billionaires. Right. And, and like for a while it was Ello, and then there was the Vero one. It's like the uncensored, you know, whatever uncensored, better. Who cares? It was another Facebook wannabe, and I guess Zack Snyder still uses it. So I'm gonna say that one. Okay, fair enough. And yeah, I mean, Winslow, and 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 then you you literally wrote a song about mm -hmm. beans that have to scream it's and. True. I actually, you know. the, the weird, that's so funny because that, that series of events was bizarre because I posted that clip of him that went viral just like, because I, w I had produced the song and was promoting the song. Like I was just posting tons of videos of Winslow because 
we, I was going to re- release the song on Bandcamp Friday as part of like the Bandcamp Friday thing. Um, and I posted that clip and it started getting super serious numbers. And I was like, oh shit, I'm just going to release the music video early because I don't want to miss this potential to, for people to actually see the song. Yeah, so you'll it, strike while the iron's hot. It was, um, it was definitely wild, the series of events. And I, I've been posting video of my cat playing piano for years. And I don't know why that one little clip just skyrocketed. It's probably at a million by now. But it was like at like most of a million last time I saw it. Uh, just totally, totally wild. And then, yeah, I really, we released a song together, Bean Gotta Scream, featuring Winslow the Cat. Well, I remember distinctly the uh, the like the roller coaster that was I that was TikTok. I remember that that like Ooh, baby. that started really big, and then it was suddenly like, "Hey, I'm being told that I'm an abusive like pet owner now, a hundred times a day by children, literal yep. children. Literal teenagers are telling me I'm an abusive pet owner every day, forever. Hooray! And, and social media. Now, and God, I still get a ton, not like, the new one is um, cats don't like high-pitched noises, like it's bad for their ears. Um, So now when I post videos of him playing piano, that's the new like, oh no, this is the problem with this video you posted of your cat. Um, Which like, he's been playing the piano since he was little and he chose to play it. I'm not joking about that. I have footage of him as like a one-year-old kitten discovering the piano and learning how to play it um so i don't know man like everyone everyone has the best intentions you know they see an animal they think it's cute they want to they want to know that it's safe and cared for and if you are in a really frustrated place like a pandemic and you haven't been able to see your friends for a really long time and you're 17 or 16 or 15 and tiktok is your whole experience of socialization and you need someone to get mad at for a bullshit reason. Some lady who didn't feed her cat is a perfect, cult, like, perfect scapegoat. Like, why not? Like, I get it. Um, but have you seen the size of him? Well, I'm, I'm dazzled <laughs> that you were, you were well actually and then you got well actually by another whole wave, like. Like, well, actually, that's kind of abuse that you're doing mm-hmm. to your cat. And then it was, well, actually, cats hate the sound of a piano, so mm-hmm. super bad. Well, actually, he looks pretty big. Do you you should stop feeding him. You feed him too much. You don't feed him enough. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. It's, oh, the internet. <laughs> yeah, I get it, man. He is the best thing on planet Earth, and yeah. you all want to protect him. He is the baby Yoda of my life. Like, yeah. <laughs> I I get it. He's perfect, and he plays the fucking piano. So, of course, you want him to get snack. It's the worst. I want to give him snack every time he plays the piano. But here's the thing. If I did that, I wouldn't get as much time on this planet with him. Right. <laughs> the, the, the running theme going into 2021 is, I don't want to die early. We yeah. don't want Winslow to die early. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to protect my family and make sure that I get to live in this state of my life as long as possible. I'm having a really good time right now. I feel like I'm in my element. I'm 30. I run my own show. People like it and talk to me about it and are invested in its success. The reaction to the teaser trailer to the holiday special... 
was incredible. Like seeing like 20 adults flip out because you put a 20 second clip of Dom Toretto's car over top of Christmas music you wrote <laughs> is incredible. I'm sorry, generic winter holiday music um, <clears throat> to be in, in theme. Um, but yeah, I just, he's the best and I get it. He plays piano. It's perfect. He, that whole, like that song that I wrote with him, quote unquote, I didn't auto tune any of that at any of that footage. Like the, the, the solo is just suspiciously good. Like, why does it work? It shouldn't. It's a cat banging on a toy piano, but it does. Because of the magic of Winslow. By the way, it did it did hit me very interesting? Uh, Winslow went. You and Winslow went uh, viral, and Ophidian had actually gone viral many moons ago for the for the CCW video for the hip, the most dangerous move in the most dangerous move in wrestling. You're, We're the most a, viral whole... couple without COVID. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> what an act! Again, I'll add it to the resume. Listen, you, listen, you, 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 you ask Kate Nix on your podcast, you're going to get one-liners and silly accents. There you go. Has, hashtag, why is that not on a shirt, by the way? That, we'll, that work definitely, we'll work on please, it. Please do. So, the, um, but yeah, and it's, I, it's definitely, um, we act, he actually went viral for that, like, God, like a year, a year before we started dating. So the entire time we've been dating, he's been getting, he was like getting hired essentially to recreate that bit. And mm -hmm. it's been, it's just a very interesting career path to have. Um, that the mythology behind that spot is so interesting. And the, it's one of those things that you can show people who don't watch wrestling, you know? And be like, this is why I watch wrestling. Right. Like, it's because of this moment. Because this is what can happen. Because reality and fantasy are combined in kayfabe. And it's the one true place where we can still pretend all together without shame. Well, I was going to say, our, our personal uh, variation of uh, a, a wonderful life moment involving, uh, you know, that 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 creation that the thing that made Ophidian go viral was when uh, we were able to get the, uh, the Cobra supernova down here in Florida. It had been years since that, since that particular moment of him mm -hmm. hypnotizing an entire ring of wrestlers uh, to dance. And he was like, ah, that's all behind me now. Not going to do that anymore. And then apparently like a kid walked up to him before the show and was like, are you going to hypnotize these wrestlers? And he's like, God damn it. All right, hold on. Like, <laughs> That that warms my heart. That makes my Grinchy heart grow three sizes. Well, because that's who that's who buys your merch, man. True. Like that kid, that kid is gonna be so excited to see you in the ring. My husband is he gives the people what they want. He understands how to read a crowd. That's what made him an excellent wrestler. He knew how to sense what people's energy were what people were expecting. And he knew how to translate it. I mean, it's why I was able to wrestle him. Like, he turned me into a wrestler out of nothing. Like, I I'm not athletic. That show almost killed me. But he just, he gets it. He understands storytelling and people in that very specific way. And when you, 
when the people ask for it, what are you going to do? What are you going to uh, do? Not hypnotize people? That kid? Right, exactly. Uh, if someone asks if you're going to hypnotize a ring full of wrestlers, you say yes. Um, yeah, obviously. You and, monster. And, and he did a wonderful job of making that uh, that kid happy who came up and asked him. And he made a uh, very happy 44-year-old kid uh, very happy <laughs> in the audience, too. Because... Because I also bought merch that day, and definitely uh, thank you for paying for my cat's that. food. Yes. You're well. You're more than welcome. The Ophidian, the very awesome Ophidian uh, poster of uh, like it's like a hand drawn poster of his mask. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Is, is in my is in my office to this very day, and I do get every once in a while on a Zoom call get asked, "What the hell is that behind you?" That I get to tell the story of, of Ophidian I mean, the Cobra to uh, yeah. to higher ups in my in my shoot job. So good times. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, so I, Chad, Chad does have a couple more very important questions, but uh-huh. I did want to ask, since you did bring it up, Kate, uh-huh. is there a chance, even if you are not necessarily competing in ring, you would make uh-huh. an excellent GM. Uh, <laughs> is there a chance that we get another wrestling burlesque eye pay-per-view extravaganza someday? Well, now that Ophidian has retired from the ring, we are kind of focusing the skills we learned from wrestling on things that you can or not that not that but it's and it's not that it will ignore wrestling because it's absolutely the language of wrestling is something we're going to continue to use because it's where we live right like right. i'm not stupid also my my both my production partner and i have retired from burlesque so the kind of main three people that would need to make it happen none of them do the things that it involves anymore <laughs> i i realized that after i'm like wait a minute no one involved is doing doing this no one else does really anything cool. but i am trying to convince my husband to write a kung fu movie using lucha libre with me um that's sort of the next wild wrestling project that i am trying to get him to do because Stunt guys have padding and stuff, man. True. Like, you don't have to land on the actual ground in the movies. <laughs> um, That's the first thing they tell you in stuntman school. But also just because I think there's so many, like, there's so many things that we learned using, doing the Heralds and Harbingers miniseries for Chikara, um that we want to use to make other things. And... The Gorgeous Ladies of Burlesque was something that could only exist in the time that it was because of just what it was, um, mm-hmm. especially considering some of the members of the cast. I don't know, man. I got a lot of weird stories, and it's a really great weird story to have in my life. I'm very proud of the work we did there. Absolutely. Oh, God, I wish. There's there's other things that will be just as fascinating, I believe, but... Well, now I've made it real sad for everybody. Good <laughs> no, job. It's okay, that's life, man. Yeah. You know, like the gorgeous of Bur- ladies of burlesque was the world's one and only burlesque eye pay per view. It's never that's happened. Si- it never happened before. It never. It'll never happen again because a lot of people don't like boobs for some reason. Remember how mad people got about boobs when that show happened? That's true. Um, <laughs> they got real mad, and um. It's, like, crazy how much uh, dudes think, like, women's bodies somehow soil the nature of something. Um, Wild how that happens. I wonder why. Uh, I wonder, like, why people would think that way. Um, Definitely not society. 
the world may never know. The world may never yeah. know. Um, but God, that was. I mean, you can still watch it. People can still see it on IWTV. It, it's still available to watch. I felt so powerful producing that show because I was wrestling and I had never done anything that physical before in my life. I did a second rope crossbody as my finisher. Like, yeah. Like, AKA a big goddamn deal. Yeah. And <laughs> I was mostly naked. <laughs> <laughs> That yes, yes, that's and, true. And my pasties popped off on IPPV. Again, <laughs> so I was a, a show of first. <laughs> well, if if you need another selling point to go to IWTV, there you go. go. That show up. I mean, if quite honestly, know, there you if go. you almost want to see the the little hats that I wear on my boob pop off, then. By all means. It's one of the best things about being a former burlesque dancer is that you can just, like, whenever some perv on the internet is, like, send nudes, I'm just like, Google me, dumbass. <laughs> they're, they're not hard to find. They're, they're not hard there. to find. You can find completely reasonable jack-off material by Googling my name. You do <laughs> not need to DM me. <laughs> well, adding that to the resume now, damn it. <laughs> but that's the thing, is, like, I just don't... I just don't like it. Listen, boobs are fine, y'all. It's okay. You're gonna be okay. You don't need to secretly ask for them. You can just be like, "Hey, found them myself." It's like a pressure box. <laughs> Solve the mystery yeah. on my own. Didn't Listen. didn't need the didn't need the Scooby Gang for this one. You no. were able to. Listen, what, why wait? Why have your creepy DM just sit in my message requests forever when you could take the initiative and Google me? Pro, be proactive. Be and proactive. Google this woman's breasts. Just do That's it. You're the, stupid. You're the, you know what the problem is? You've said it right there, though. It's, it's definitely them being proactive and trying to. You're, you're at, this generation you're, today, too lazy to yeah. Google a woman's breasts. Damn it. <laughs> Oh. Front and back, ten miles in the snow. Back in my day. <laughs> Listen, yeah, remember when the most googled image was that, or the most downloaded image was that picture of the lady who played Lois Lane, like with her shoulders exposed. Like it wasn't even her tits; it was just her, like, or with the Superman cape or something. That yep. was like the most, the first ever highly downloaded illicit photo or something like oh, that. Chad. We got to recreate that for the next season of this show so we can start getting some eyeballs on it. Um, well, I'm losing weight and it's going to need a really big cape, but we can make well, it happen. So, well, I'm gaining weight, so we'll get two of the same size hey, anyway. I know somebody who makes costumes. <laughs> you know, you know, and actually that you, and that was interesting. One of my one of my other big questions here, because you are a costume and a gear maker, I am interested to know just what what's the oddest piece of of. Uh, costuming or gear that, you, that you've had to make so far it, there's something that you've been probably sitting there going am i really putting this together what 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 was that well i don't know if you know but i was the costumer for a company known as chikara pro wrestling i, I did indeed you actually I've got heard such I, believe things. You got, I believe you got put over on an episode fairly recently uh i believe the air show uh was on and uh we're speaking very highly of you on the episode so really wow that's very nice. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, that's that's really great to hear. I get so nervous about gear making because um, when gear when wrestlers get stuff, they just kind of like get it and never talk to you again. Um, yeah. 
Now, when you say gear making, did you mean merch making? And did you mean every other aspect of wrestling that I've ever seen or had to (laughs) do on my own? But you, you, they, you, you get it to them, and then like you get a message if it's messed up. But yeah, you never hear again. again. Are you talking about gear making? Are you talking about earning owning a merchandise brand? Or it's very hard for me to speak publicly as a gear maker to like a, a community that's based in wrestling because. As I'm sure you know, dealing with independent wrestlers, gear makers get a really bad rep. Yeah. Like, a lot of people complain all the time about how their gear is late or it's wrong or whatever. I myself have been the the center of at least one Twitter campaign to try and ruin my business because of a mistake I made. Like, we get a really bad rap. And to say you're a gear maker is basically like saying you're an evil wizard. Um, that, like, you should have on your business card just make it reversible and save yourself time evil wizard i'm this evil wizard that controls the things that you wear in the ring well here's the thing buddy like in order for me to make your gear you have to send me your measurements it, it's not it's not a one-sided experience we're all we all work really hard to make the best thing possible and we're all flawed people who do the best we can and we're all carnies running businesses like we're all idiots mm-hmm. you guys like we're just like you we don't like and the machines only do part of it the rest of it is brain and hands and sometimes brain and hands can only do so much and you want to help everybody so you accept everything you can as a young gear maker i've seen so many gear makers get burnt out in like six months because they want to help every person they know right they want to just make gear for everybody and then you do it and it's super low price and you make you agree to make a ton of stuff and then half of the people you end up refunding because you realize that you're a human being with limits and you can't just inhale spray glue and fight spandex 24 hours a day. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, so thanks for the support, but also, hey, fucking be patient. But Yeah, right. I mean, I, I, I love... I I love when I can make someone feel like their best selves in the ring. Like I want your debut or your like your change. I want everything to feel amazing when you put it on. And when I fail, I am really attached to it. I I uh it's it's weird. It's a weird job to have because like I don't know. The connections are so strange because you're not working for like a costume shop you're working for one person who has all their like their hopes and their dreams in the situation and you're the only person that they know that knows how to make this thing and like ah, 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 ah. a lot of pressure or (laughs) or if it's if it's not just for a wrestling thing but i don't know somebody's wedding but um so anyway you asked what the weirdest thing i've ever made was um, and I said a bunch of other things that weren't that, um, <laughs> okay. because I was like, ah, uh, I had to make a headless man that also functioned as a projection screen. Yes, true. So that's probably the weirdest thing I've ever made. I was handed some money and they were like, hey, you got to make a headless guy that's also a projection screen. And I was like. Yes, I do now. <laughs> you described However, that like the weirdest episode of like a dare after school special. Like, <laughs> be careful. 
because someone's going to walk up to you and they're going to hand you some money and say, hey, you got to make a headless guy who's also a projection screen. Yeah, sometimes, honestly, working for wrestling kind of feels like that. (laughs) Sometimes it's like that. Because you work for you work in these little circles, right? And it's so high stakes because you want everybody to succeed, especially when you're dealing with like because my husband was training the performers as well, and then I'm costuming them and you get so invested in their in their debuts and in their gimmicks and I would we would talk to people about their promos and their name changes and just you're just so I don't know. It's a unique position to be in. Um and that was definitely it, it definitely feels like High stakes. If you don't finish it, then it doesn't happen. And if it doesn't happen, then that part of the story doesn't happen. Like, that's a lot of pressure. When you're dealing with something as public as... I mean, Shakara is one of the largest audiences I've ever made work for. So Yeah, not goofing around. Yeah. They're going to take my lunch money. (laughs) Right, right. Or stuff you in a locker. Yeah. Well, Zacharo, speaking of uh, speaking of high pressure, I I do believe uh, this is the time in the episode where I think we are going to move towards the uh, the infamous final three questions, okay. and I'm I'm going to have to ask a question right now that, uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, or at the beginning of uh, the first part of this episode, because I feel like this will be a two parter, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Um, that I'm afraid of this answer because I think I know where this is going already, but I believe I am contractually obligated to ask this question anyway, and it is the Trevin Adams memorial question, even though, as always, Trevin is not dead. Hi, Trev. Um, so, uh, Kate, in uh, every once in a while, you uh, it is late. Uh, you're doing the drives. You're doing your work. You're finishing up, uh, you know, finishing up some recording. Uh, you have a rumbly in your tumbly, uh, and... You see a shining beacon of wonderful foodness in front of you. Is that shining beacon a sheet or is that shining beacon a Wawa? It depends, man. Like, if I want a sandwich, I'm going to Wawa. Because when I want a sandwich, what I really want is like a roll with meat and cheese and stuff. And that Wawa does that great. I don't think I've ever had a sheets hoagie. But... If I want, like, fries and chicken and weird nachos, and it's, like, especially if I'm high, probably sheets. <laughs> okay. Like, so the, I, I'm, I'm by sheets Wawa. <laughs> that's, it's a spectrum, you know? Yeah, it is. Sheets to Wawa. This is, this is the first split answer on this one I think we've ever gotten where somebody's been able to go both. We can actually uh, we can actually both celebrate a, a small victory on this one then. She, she brought peace uh, to the show, finally. That's right. This is what it took, was, was getting K done. So, uh, Zach, I believe you get to, uh, you get to jump into the, uh, to your uh, to the last two here. Oh, true, yes. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, in the incredible performance art that we all uh, have signed up for, uh, known as professional wrestling. Here we are. Uh, we lose a lot of talent early. So with that being said, um, Kate, which ghost of wrestling would you have loved to have worked with, talked to, created gear for? Which ghost would you have liked to have talked to? Make If it's, we're talking about making gear for them, specifically, Macho Man. Excellent. Okay. 
Absolutely. Hands down. Macho Man. Now, is there a, when you say Macho Man, is there a particular era that you picture in your mind's eye? No, because I feel like he was just ready to party. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And like, sometimes you just want to make something that looks like it's ready to party, you know? Like, sometimes you just want to, like, I just made this gear for Sue Young um, that I'm super excited about. God, I hope it fits her fingers crossed. Um, I, I draft all my own patterns myself from the, the performer's measurements. So it's always kind of like a fingers crossed situation. Spandex leaves, um, leaves some liberties, but, uh, when you, when you make like weird newer designs or, or you make something that's, I don't know, not, not as easy to find commercial patterns, like just kind of, it is what it is, but I just made this gear for Sue Young and because, she kind of like let me do my thing. Uh, I was able to like blood stain it and put rhinestones on the blood and all sorts of craziness on this stuff. And it was great to just like make something insane and exactly what it's supposed to be. And I feel like Macho Man would be a good client like that. I hope uh, when Sue Young de- debuts this, this, um, this new attire. I hope that commentary comments that like that outfit looks like it's ready to party. It's definitely, like that's... it's definitely ready to crash a party. I would there say. There you go. I would say, I feel like that's a new, uh, series of measurement for, for outfits. Like, mm, does that outfit look like it's ready yeah, to party or crash a party? party? Honestly, that's the question I ask myself every time I get ready for the lullaby lounge. I'm like, is this party enough? Like these people are coming to see a show. I better bring the party. That's a great, again, a a life philosophy. Mm -hmm. Now, second famous question here in my little uh, set. Mm -hmm. A question, no pressure, Mm -hmm. that a certain uh, talking serpent Mm -hmm. uh, was famously put into a very cheaply made cartoon Mm -hmm. with his answer many, Mm -hmm. many years ago. Uh, We here at the IndieCast believe that Every animal in nature is given certain evolutionary traits to ensure its survival. Giraffes have long necks, rhinos have big horns, etc., etc. Our belief is that human beings, uh, their evolutionary trait is their ability to use tools. So, that being said, Kate Nix, if you could fight any animal, real or make-believe, what would it be and what weapon would you use? Okay. Give me give me a second. This is important. I'll say there there is unfortunately pressure on this one. Most mm-hmm. of our guests there's it's just we're wheeling and dealing and having a fun time. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of pressure. No, this is listen, you come to the you 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 fuck with the patriarchy, it's gonna get intense. That's, true. that's how that's how we roll here. You fuck with the patriarchy, it's gonna get intense. Once again, please hashtag why is that not on shirt? Right. Well, yeah. You know, like that circus fire? Intense. Okay. Well, <laughs> good night, everybody. Um... <laughs> okay. What am I knowing I'm going to fight? Mm. And what weapon will you use? God, I don't... Here's the thing, though. Like, I'm such a... I don't want to hurt anything ever. I've never looked at an animal and been like, man, fuck that guy. <laughs> um, shit. 
fuck it, man. Oh, Jesus. I would fight a man. And what weapon would you use? My wit. Oh, well, okay. There you go. I like it. That can be a pretty pretty damn and, powerful weapon. And though. now, so. I was going to say, now the two uh, cis white male uh, hosts of the show got to figure out how do we get to the next segment. Uh, <laughs> the next <laughs> well, Zachary, the, the good news is the next segment, uh, one Mr. Brian Cage has officially per- given us permission to call, get your shit in. So, uh, Kate, this is, this is the chance where uh, you get to tell everybody uh, where they can follow you, where they can buy any of your merchandise, where they can see the Lullaby Lounge, etc., uh, etc. Et the floor is yours. My name is Kate. You probably knew that. I've said it a couple times, I think. Um, but if you didn't, hi. Thank you for listening. Thank you for getting through this adventure um, through various concepts with us. It's much appreciated that you would spend your time on me. I hope I deserve the privilege of decorating it. Um, if you would like to spend more time with me online, you can find me on my Twitch channel every Tuesday night for the next couple weeks um, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on... Yeah, Tuesday nights on twitch.tv slash Kate Nix for my musical variety show. There's silly accents. There's uh, authentic moments. There's uh, folk music because that's what I do on there mostly is singing songs. And uh, yeah, you can, that's where you can find me at I am Kate Nix on Instagram and Twitter if you want to look at pictures of my face or hear other shit I have to say. And you can always find me wherever you listen to music by searching Kate Nix. That's K-A-T-E-N-Y-X. And clicking on whatever you think looks interesting. I get .001 cent every time you do it. So please help a sister out. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Kate, like I said at the very start of the episode, this has been a long time coming. We are so honored that you've been on our show and has pr- and so much editing on my part in terms of adding <laughs> bits to the end now. Um, but you did not disappoint. Uh, the Lullaby Lounge, I can give my personal seal of approval, is a fantastic variety show and lots of great music and just a fantastic community. So go check it out. Um, and there's going to be upcoming merch. We're fully gimmicked and Kate Nix. We're going to cross-mogenate once again and it's yes. going to be amazing. Yes, people are very excited. They've been asking for that shirt for a long time. When it when it happens, I told the I told the people on our uh, private Discord because if you are Patreon, um, we have a private Discord server where we discuss like maker stuff. And I probably should be promoting this too. So good thing I'm talking about it. Um, if you, you if you want to learn how to make your own gear, um, or if you want to talk about making stuff, we have a Patreon where you can hang out with us and learn about making and talk about making as well as learn about all the behind the scenes for my show. So if you just like creating things and want to learn about like video content or, or making stuff and all the things we're very, we encourage everybody to create in whatever manner they want to. And we like to bounce ideas and stuff and talk with each other. So yeah, I told the people on Patreon about the fact that we could get holographic shirts made and everyone lost their shit. So It'll be very much appreciated once we, once it once it finally graces this planet. Yes. So, uh, if nothing else, uh, 
we don't want to die early and uh we thank you all for your support and please be patient that's the if, if nothing else that's I, some takeaways for this please episode don't, please don't feel guilty about how you spend your time i appreciate yes. that you want to do it at all and we're very weird i mean ophidian and i love you guys so much and we really appreciate how much you support our work and we love celebrating you and we are very glad that you celebrate us so whenever it happens it happens it's when it's meant to be well, thank you. And thank you again for being an amazing guest. Thank you to all the dozens and dozens for listening and supporting. Obviously, if you're not subscribed already, if you have somehow stumbled upon this episode, please feel free to subscribe and and uh, join in our antics. And and uh, for everybody here, on behalf of Chad Allen, I'm Zach Romero. Thank you so much for listening to the IndieCast. And as we always say, Chad, this is... A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. (laughs) Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. (laughs) It's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are. We're touching wieners. Touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.